We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. podcast sponsored by FanDuel. Yes, it's been a long gate. Uh, well, an extended break, it feels like, over the holidays and everything else. Ben and I have been taking our sweet old time staying away from the NBA DFS scene for now, but I am back. Obviously, Joe Bartle, that's me talking right now. Ben is not. Ben is on a little bit of a doctor's appointment right now, so I am joined alongside Alex Barutha, right? I'm saying that name? That is correct. That's fantastic. Yeah, I want to make sure. I mean, we didn't even run through that before, and no. that was one of my biggest concerns. <laughs> I was like, all right, I've talked to you enough times in the office to know what your first name is, right. but I, I have not talked to you enough times in the office to know what your last name is. So Alex Perutha, good. Yeah, you got it right. And you filled me, you f- filled in for me prior to the holiday break, and I guess Ben said it went great. Yeah. Ben said you guys trashed me the whole time. I didn't end up <laughs> listening to the podcast, and so now I feel like it's my time to pile on a little bit on Ben. Yeah. I think that's completely fair. It is. He, he's not here to say anything, so it's fine. Shh. Nobody else tweet at him or tell him anything else. I beat him the last time we had a face-to-face competition in the Rotowire spot. Okay. And that was two straight wins after about 13 losses. Right. So, Mr. <laughs> 250, that's me. I'm coming back. I'm getting, the, getting a little bit of the swing of things. And off the break, I feel like we have a lot of interesting teams and matchups going on here i mean this is the first time i've really gotten back into the slate since the holidays there are 12 games and there are about four teams that either aren't trying have completely already cashed it in or are going to probably be going balls to the walls in this contest or at least this slate right yeah, I mean, there's we have like Phoenix, and they started playing Marquise Chris more out of nowhere, and thank you know, God, about time, right? And um, even that, like the Nets, who are hard enough to predict, um, sometimes are dealing with like injuries, and so yeah, it's there's a lot of odd 
uh, a lot of odd matchups going on here that we can probably take advantage of, but other parts may just get confusing. Oh, I think that's perfect segue into one of the oddest teams. It feels like every single day we have no idea what they're going to do. The Spurs, thankfully, have let us know beforehand they are benching everybody. Yeah, this is a Spurs versus 76ers matchup at seven o'clock Eastern Time tip off. That we will have basically no idea what's happening with that offense as a whole because let's see, Danny Green out with the groin injury, Rudy Gay out with the bruised heel, Tony Parker. Oh, you're just sitting because you're resting time. Kawhi Leonard, yeah, you can get some rest too, man. Ginobili, same with you as well. So that is what five people on the Spurs expected to be out either due to injury or just rest related things. That opens the door for what I think will be probably the pivotal point for today's 12 game slate. That being, you have stars and scrubs options. First, we need to identify the scrubs, and I think the Spurs guys coming in are your scrub players that you'll probably want to use in your lineup, right, Alex? Yeah, I mean, uh, people. I mean, people love using Dejounte Murray and their lineups. He's proven to be have a ceiling of thirty, thirty-five fantasy points, which would be ten times value. Um, listed at thirty-five hundred. He's listed at thirty-five hundred. Thank you. Um, same goes for Brandon Paul, um, who I guess isn't doesn't have as much name recognition, but I think it's because his name is way too generic. It's, like, it's one, very generic. Two first name players are always a little bit worrisome. I had an uncle when, and this is going back to the NFL. We, they, we draft the Packers. Packers fan here. Sorry, didn't make the playoffs. It is what it is. Uh, Justin Harrell was a 2014-13 first round pick, and I think the most notable thing I ever remember of him is my uncle saying. I don't like that guy. He has two first names and that's, that's just carried with me. It's resonated. And now apparently it's gravitating over to Brandon Paul, who I had no idea was until he could get a prominent play tonight. Well, yeah. And, and yeah, and that's the thing. A lot of these Spurs guys, you know, you have to look at what they've done when they get extended minutes and Brandon Paul, we may, we'll maybe touch on this later, but um, any time he's gotten over 25 minutes in a game, which I assume he will today, he's uh, averaged 27 and a half fantasy points. And so at minimum at 3,500, it's, it feels like he's never scored less than 23 in those games. So that feels like a safe play to me, um, along with DeJounte Murray. Um, you could, if you felt like pivoting, going to Patty Mills, if you're a you know tournament player who hates, you know, high ownership percentages or something like that, you could do that. But yeah, it's, it's a, I would say it's a good day for stars and scrubs overall. Thanks to the Spurs and James Harden being injured. <laughs> yeah, the Spurs. And the James Harden's the other big one. Obviously, that injury happened a little bit before this broadcast, but this is the first time we really, really, we have really been able to talk about he'll be out with the hamstring injury and revalid in two weeks. The Rockets are facing the magic, and even without Harden, or I'm sorry, if Harden was in that lineup, you'd be looking at this as a maybe a stackable matchup for both sides of things given that we're expecting it to be a high offensive game Harden's now out now we're looking at guys that maybe Chris Paul gets an extended run as the lead guy on that Rockets offense there are some other other people that we could target too from the Rockets side of things are you interested on the magic though as far as a a reverse stackability kind of deal in the seven o'clock eastern time tip-off game uh, I think that's a I think that's a fair thing to do. I I don't have any magic players in my lineup personally, but I know I mean Alfred Payton's been playing pretty well as of late. I don't really like his eight thousand price point. Um, Aaron Gorgon's played well um, since he's been back. I think you could, you know, if you wanted to stack uh, two players, I could see you stacking like Aaron Gordon and and Alfred Payton. Um, the Jonathan Simmons ceiling, I think, has kind of fallen off a little we've, we've bit. We've gotten to that point. Yeah, we've gotten to that point. So I'm not very comfortable with that. And Vucevic being out, you could go Biombo. I just feel like there are other center options. Um, but, you know, Biombo against Capella, that's an interesting matchup. And um, 
I I would strongly consider that. Okay, yeah. So a little bit of foreshadowing here. I do have Biombo in my lineup. Okay. I I like it in the sense that you look at his last four games. He hasn't scored under thirty Fanduel points since he's really taken over charge in that men's category with Vucevic out. He's going to be getting rebound opportunities. There's no question that comes with that in the Magic. I think the Rockets will be shooting a ton. It's whether or not they make it or not. That, that's, that's where it comes right. to play. But he's going to get double-digit rebounds. I also think he's probably going to get a handful of blocks, too, given Chris Paul is going to have to be knifing in and around the rim to get his buckets. I don't think he's going to get a lot of outside shooting, especially with James Harden out. So this becomes a situation where the Houston Rockets' offense will be run through both the paint and also the three-point line, which they always like to do, obviously. You know, stats have shown that for five, six years now. The highest scoring or highest shooting three point team. I, I, I feel really good as an under 700 or 7,000 K option at uh, point guard. I don't know why I said K. There's a <laughs> random letter that I had to put there, I guess. Uh, at under 7,000 price, I, I don't think there's a better option at center. I really think that Biombo, if you want to pay down, he's the guy you have to go to in this situation. Yeah, and I, um, you know, I, I just looked up how many uh, blocks per game uh, the Rockets give up to centers, and they are fourth in the if i'm reading that correctly fourth in the league in blocks per game allowed to centers the rockets there you go so like you like you mentioned before the the rockets spend a lot of time they shoot a lot of threes which generally isn't good for centers blocking shots but they also take a lot of shots at the rim because they play that highly efficient brand of basketball that mike d'antoni preaches so yeah biombo very strong play really high upside um high floor too recently exactly um there seems to be a strong chance that he'll hit value. And then after that, it's just a matter of filling out the rest of your lineup. And we talked about before the podcast paying down at center as opposed to paying Mm -hmm. up at center, Um, you know, kind of our feelings on that. And generally we both like to do pay down at center, but we'll talk about the end of the podcast. I'll probably end up paying up today. Uh, Now you're doing the foreshadowing. It only took one podcast with me and you're already getting the foreshadowing thing. Now we're seven minutes in and you've got this. You've got this. It's perfect. (laughs) You're right. And we opened the door for the stars and scrubs start because we have the Spurs guys that are basically all uh, sitting. So now we have the scrubs portion but I had a real hard time figuring out where I wanted to go with the star route. And I think that's the other point of uh, contention that you need to have when you're setting your lineup tonight for Wednesday's 12 game slate, which star or stars plural do you want to have in your lineup? I'm looking at a guy like DeMarcus cousins and you already talked about, we don't like to pay up the center spot, but you can make an argument for that. Although maybe not against the jazz. I think Russell Westbrook at 12,300 is a, the highest priced player on today's slate overall, but perhaps a little bit too high price for me. And then there's James Harden who's out. Giannis who's struggled at times. Anthony Davis sitting 10,900 at the power forward spot, which is okay. But again, going against the jazz, I lean towards LeBron James as being the safest of the high price guys. But what say you, Alex, where do you want to go with your star part of your lineup? Uh, for me? So I, I would have three options and um, that would be, I would do uh it's it's the three highest priced guys westbrook cousins and lebron to me are all the the three safest highest priced guys westbrook i agree with you he's overpriced to me at twelve thousand three hundred but he is coming off of 70 i believe 73 and a half fantasy point performance against dallas he'll be going up against another bad team in the lakers and that's gonna be a fast-paced matchup they don't really have anyone who can guard him i mean maybe they'll put caldwell pope on him i'm not really sure um but yeah i mean lebron's got the highest floor i would say out of the bunch maybe westbrook too but um cousins is the guy i have in my lineup right now and that's from a pure upside standpoint i mean he's gotten 83 fantasy points two games ago um and he's proven to be able to hit like 70 you know 75 fantasy points and 
the Jazz will be a sl- that will be a slow paced game going up against the Jazz, but they don't have Rudy Gobert. I just don't know who can guard Demarcus Cousins, and I don't like that's one of those things where it's hard. You you think about pace and you're like, well, will the fact that there's nobody to guard him offset the fact that it's going to be a slow paced game? That's hard to tell. I just I just am banking on he'll probably have low ownership, and maybe that's part of my reasoning there, but. Um, I, I just don't think there's anyone who can guard him on the Jazz. And I, I look at the NFL when I do the NFL DFS podcast with Joe Pisapia, and we just finished those up. But we always talk about game script when we're looking at things. And if we expect the Jazz to keep things competitive or, in fact, win the game against the Pelicans, they can't be running up and down the court. That's my opinion, at least. And they're going to have to slow things down and stay away from the Twin Towers. Cousins is going to get his points, and I think Anthony Davis is going to get his points, too. But for the Jazz to be competitive in this game, they're going to have to, I think, keep it relatively slow and that limits cousins value in my opinion especially when we look at a guy like biombo who i don't know i mean talk about a high floor or safe floor i think that he's going to be guaranteed around 30 fanduel points that's already five six times value at his price tag whereas cousins you're it you have to really stretch your imagination to get to that five six seven price tag point in my opinion given he's sitting at twelve thousand. It feels counterintuitive to say lebron james going against the celtics defense that for the most part this season has been stout is the safest of the high floor options or high priced options. But I think that it's just more of a marquee matchup and LeBron comes to play for those marquee matchups. We're still looking at Rose being out. We're still looking at Shumpert being out. And the story unfortunately can't gravitate towards Isaiah Thomas being in a revenge game because, Oh, by the way, he's sitting out as well in a back to back. So it has to be a LeBron James type of game. And I think that as a result, that's the direction again, more of a safe floor as opposed to the high ceiling and i get the argument that you're making with cousins but that's where i'm going with my star kind of price right and that makes sense i mean and when you look at who you want to pay up for a lot of times you have to look at the scarcity of the position and who you can pay down for um like today is a good day to pay down for like point guard and shooting guard like brandon paul Shante murray um and to some extent like kyle anderson at small forward um, and so that really only allows you one other player at that position, theoretically. Exactly. And so you want to make sure you hit, especially on FanDuel. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't see as many centers other than like, other than Biombo. I don't think there's too many other centers that I would want to pay down for. So I'm either go, like, I would either go Biombo or just go like maximum upside. Um, which is like a Jokic kind of deal, which is like a Jokic, um or like cousins if you know it's a little contrarian to play cousins um well this is another foreshadowing carl anthony towns is listed on the rotoware optimizer page as the center to use for FanDuel, and they're going against the nets and we talked off air about how you don't trust anyone on the nets to stop anybody so there's a situation where at nine thousand eight hundred carl anthony towns also is your quote-unquote pay down at nine thousand eight hundred compared to cousins and that's still almost a three thousand dollar savings so or well i guess two thousand two hundred i hate math i'm right but (laughs) so you're still paying down relative to what cousins is but i think that's to your point which you listed earlier is that cousins now becomes a bit of a low ownership tournament play because he's so high and there are some different priced options at those spots at center yeah and i i feel safe for like with the rest of my lineup because you know we have so many low priced options that I like you're kind of taking shots in the dark at some of these top yeah, tier guys. Yes. And so I don't know. It's a really interesting slate. And I'm probably it's it's 
I'm the honestly the main thing I'm excited to see is who like I'm going to enter like a big tournament who like what is the perfect lineup going to be right. that's going to be really interesting for me today because it's probably going to be something ridiculous <laughs> like there's some days where I look at the top the person who got the top lineup and won the grand prize and I'm like man I could have picked that like that could have been me and there's other days where I'm like I would have never picked that in a million years I don't even feel bad about this um, so we'll see. We'll see what end of the spectrum it is. Well, today. I think that that sets the stage for getting to this 12 game slate. We already talked about the Rockets, Rockets matchup, 7 o'clock Eastern time tip off. The Knicks Wizards, also another 7 o'clock Eastern time tip off. We're still trying to wait word on what Tim Hardaway's stats is going to be. He's missed the last team 15 games with a leg injury. He's being reevaluated, I think, today. At least that's what the, the latest update was on Rotowire. I expect that if Hardaway were to play against the Wizards tonight, it wouldn't be very much. And as a result, I'm not using him DFS wise. And the Wizards side of things, there isn't really many injuries to note. We talked about the Spurs and 76ers on their 7 o'clock Eastern time tip off. All these sortment of Spurs injuries, but we didn't even get to Joel Embiid, who was doubtful to play for Wednesday's game with an injury that he suffered to his hand on Sunday. You know, there's going to be a Rashawn Holmes or, or uh, Amir Johnson that gets slotted in at that center spot. But I really think that if Embiid is out, which we're expecting that to be the case, this opens the floor for Dario Sark to be a relevant DFS asset at the power forward spot. He's listed at 7,000. And I think, again, as far as a tournament or 50-50 play, I think Sark ends up being about as safe as it gets as a mid-tier power forward. Yeah, I mean, right now I have Taj Gibson slogged in, but I could pay $1,000 more and get Dario Saric, who has scored 40 fantasy points in his last three games. Um, and he'll be going up against the Spurs, who are who are missing Completely half the roster. Completely exactly. So... Yeah, and Sarge, she's, you know, we're kind of to the point where, you know, Rashawn Holmes, Trevor Booker, Amir Johnson, they all get so, like, they each get, like, 15 or 20 minutes. They never really get enough minutes to get, to have a high ceiling in, in FanDuel, especially on a night like tonight where you have so many options. So, yeah, I, I think Sarge is probably the strongest play um, when you're talking about who's going to benefit the most from the Embiid injury. And um, and really the Spurs one too. I mean, because if you're looking at the power forward slate, there's Ben Simmons, who's now probably priced a little bit more appropriately than eight thousand six hundred. He was well into the ten thousands earlier this season, and Lamarcus Aldridge at eight thousand eight thousand four hundred. Somebody has to score for the Spurs, and maybe Aldridge ends up being that guy, given all the people that are out there. I just I look at that slate. I don't want to pay up for the power forward spot at all. I think that you can go better options at shooting guard, at center. We talked about earlier, and even point guard if you want to pay up there. There's relatively cheaper options in the 7,000s and 6,000s with Sark being, I think, the highest upside of those guys. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that, that's where we're going to go with that direction. The Timberwolves Nets, 730 Eastern time tip-off. Jeff Teague is going to be out with a grade one MCL sprain. That means more Tyus Jones, who's now getting priced appropriately to the point where you know, he's a value and going against the Nets, who struggle defensively at that spot. We've talked about this quite a bit in this podcast already. I don't really want to go that direction, given we have no. cheaper options available. On the net side of things, Damar Carroll, who's kind of risen as a bit of a mid-tier option at small four price tag. He's questionable with some sore ribs, so maybe more Allen Crabb, Joe Harris. If you are playing in a DFS site that highlights three-point shooting, I think Crabb's an interesting name to follow, but that's more because Carlos LeVert is also doubtful with a left groin strain that, again, more Stauskas, Harris, Crabb. So of those three i think it's crab right that ends up being more of an interesting name yeah i if i if i would go anyone you know if i would target anyone in the nets when looking at the carroll injury it would be alan crab um still i just don't like to me he doesn't have that high of a ceiling i don't think his price is anything to like write home about as far as like it's like it's underpriced or anything like that um 
he he put up 37 fantasy points in his last contest on FanDuel against Orlando. Orlando's a pretty bad team. Right. Um, I mean, but, you know, you look at his, his stats before that, it's really, it's like 24, 15, 17, 17, 23, 19. It's... Well, and it's worth pointing out that Timberwolves also allow, I think, what, the fifth fewest points to the small forward spot, which is probably where he'd end up playing in this right. type of game, too. So they're pretty stout when it comes to that. Again, only in a league where you're really trying to emphasize the three-point shooting where I think he becomes an interesting asset. Otherwise, I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I like more of the Timberwolves guys, given that the Nets struggle defensively in a lot of different categories of that matchup. I think it has a bit of sneaky stackability upside if you want to go one direction, especially in a tournament or tournament or lineup where it's all the early games. Yeah. That becomes more intriguing. But if you're taking an overall, all right, 12 game slate, I'm not taking many players from this one. No. And yeah. I mean, betting on Alan Crabb to have a great game against Jimmy Butler and Andrew Wiggins is not, I wouldn't, that's not, I wouldn't advise that. As Mario and I said when I was hosting the Series XM show, uh, well, really last week now, you can light your money on fire if you want to. That's fine. Right. That You can play him. That, that feels like one of the situations where you're going to be walking into that case. So we were talking NFL, but I think that works for NBA DFS as well. Moving over to the Pistons, Heat 730 Eastern Time tip-off game. John Luer will be out with the ankle injury. Stanley Johnson out with the hip injury, so maybe more Aver Bradley, who's back now. But I think it's probably more of the, the Bullock Kennard kind of guys that get the usual minutes. Reggie Jackson, again, will be out on the Heat side of things. We're still waiting word on James Johnson, who's a game-time decision with the ankle injury. Deion Waiters is out. Justin Winslow's out so with the other usual guys Rodney Magruder and O'Carroll White I loved Tyler Johnson when that run of things was really going on I was utilizing utilizing Johnson quite a bit I think we're to the point now where maybe that's not where we want to go and again we've talked about cheaper point guard options if you want to do the stars and scrubs way that Tyler Johnson becomes a guy maybe you don't want to go that route and other shooting guard options too I I think Ben and I were talking quite a bit about um, Richardson as a small forward mid-tier option that had high upside ability. And I just don't know if that's the direction I want to go, especially given all the players that we have available. Kyle Anderson being among them, who's listed as small forward, going to get a lot of minutes at 4,900. Yeah, and, um, you know, if James Johnson comes back, I like Richardson less, uh, Josh exactly. Richardson less, and I like Tyler Johnson less. I think, to me, at this point, with their current prices, Josh Richardson and Tyler Johnson are more cash games like you Richardson's know. safe I think that's a way that he's just yeah. safe there's not a lot of upside that comes with it his highest scoring game was against Atlanta in mid-December rate of 47.3 points and he had 40 minutes that night he's seen 40 minutes last game and I, I think that also plays a part in it too he didn't do all that well as far as Fanduel points 31 25 37 those are his last three games so it's more of a safe thing as opposed to a tournament play in your opinion. Right. Yeah. And and that's how I would view that. I'm not sure if I would play James Johnson right off the ankle injury either. No, um, I, don't, I don't think so either. He hasn't been having a particularly great fantasy season. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not really looking at this game too much. To it's be against the Pistons too. And that's where it's the heat Pistons. You're not expecting high scoring no. games. <laughs> We've seen some weird stuff in the NBA this year, much like it feels like all of sports has been really weird, wonky things. I'm not going to be betting too much money on the Pistons heat being the highest scoring game of the night, right? No, this game could have a total of like 180, and I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> at all. Woohoo for DFS. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Cavs Celtics. This one, I feel like it's going to be a bloodbath. I don't know if it's going to be a high scoring bloodbath, but a bloodbath nevertheless. Isaiah Thomas, again, we were talking about that before. He will not play in the second night of back to back. He was very good last night. Really, I think, impressed some people. I've been on Isaiah Thomas's bandwagon for quite a while now, but it was good to see him show out. Uh, Derek Rose, Shumpert going to be out, continuing for a little while. 
Nothing really to note on the Celtics side of things in terms of injuries. Moving over to the Raptors, Bulls on their 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Miritich is listed as questionable with a back strain. Probably explains why he only played 19 minutes on Monday. He still he still scored like 17 points though. So, <laughs> I don't, apparently, an even limited Miritich is an amazing player overall. And if we're talking about paying up at the power forwards by DFS, I don't want to go that direction. But that would make a very intriguing tournament play if you wanted to do that. If you felt confident, because it's not as if the Raptors are all that great. Given Serge Baca covers that position at times, like. There's potential to score, and the Bulls have to score somewhere. Maybe it's Miritich that does the scoring. It, it could be Miritich, and if Miritich ends up being out, which would not surprise me, it sounds like I he's pretty fifty right exactly. now. Exactly. So, but if he's out, then I think you can fire up Markinen and Bobby Portis, who both have shown to have plenty of upside themselves. And Markinen's especially low right now. He's at fifty four hundred, which is probably one of his lowest prices of the season. Yes. Um, Given he was at seven K, I, I remember I mean three podcasts ago we were talking about Markinen as a guy to go with, and he was listed at seven seven K. This is this is right up the Ben Alley. I feel like you're replacing him quite <laughs> quite nicely. He's talking about a guy that you lowest price this season. He's going to be rising at some point. This yep. this is right up Ben's alley as far as podcast goes. And same goes for Bobby Portis, who's at 4,500, um, and he's shown to be able to put up 35, 45 fantasy points. Um, he put up 43 against Milwaukee um, on the 15th. So yeah, if if uh, Miritich ends up being out, I think you can pivot to both of those guys. Um, who would end up being probably underpriced at that point. It's true. And I'll go to the other side of things as players I'm looking at. It's almost been laughable how bad the Bulls have been at stopping the point guard and stopping the shooting guard spot. DeRozan, of course, set that really obscure record for most points scored by a Raptor on New Year's Day or whatever it was. <laughs> and, I mean, he did really well last night. I'm not, I'm not going to try to knock that, not last night, I should say, but uh, last time he played, he's the highest-priced shooting guard option at 9000 I had him initially in my lineup, and then I pivoted to Chris Middleton because I needed to save a little bit of cash. I like him going against the Bulls, but I wonder, is there a bit of an opportunity for the, the Raptors just to completely snuff this game out by the third quarter? And therefore, DeRozan doesn't get much of a run. Um, that's an interesting question because the Bulls, I mean, the Bulls are playing really well right now. Um, but the Raptors are actually good. Um, <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. And uh, so, I mean, I, I could see that happening. Um, but at the same time, it would not surprise me if DeRozan put up 40 fantasy points in 30 minutes. Um, I just, DeRozan's like in general, not one of my, he's not one of my favorite fan duel plays because I think he, in the past he has at least, relied a lot on scoring. And to me, you're kind of banking on him having a, a above average scoring outing and an above average assist outing Mm. and the rebounds are just like I can't you can't predict that to some extent so I think I don't know I wouldn't play him today but that's because I wouldn't play him most days okay all right so you're just you're just not uh DeRozan I'm not a DeRozan fantasy truth no (laughs) okay and that's fine that's your prerogative I won't I mean he scored 74 against the Bucks of course and and I don't know about you I was watching portions of that game uh in between drinking some beverages so I I got to see firsthand what DeRozan can do I I wouldn't I wouldn't be afraid of it that's all against the Bulls especially I wouldn't be afraid of it um and that is important because Victor Oladipo uh, talking the Pacers Bucks eight o'clock Eastern time tip off Oladipo was out. It's a high price shooting guard option that will be missing his fourth consecutive game with knee soreness. Lance Stevenson has stepped into his place and done well in the limited time that he's played. We just saw, just saw how bad the Bucks have been defensively against the shooting guard spot, and they have struggled mightily recently too. I wonder if Stevenson 
isn't more of an intriguing play. The only downside is he's listed as a small forward on FanDuel. And if we're talking about small forward options, there's Kyle Anderson. There's all the high price guys like Kevin Durant, LeBron out there. You might not have a spot to go with Lance Stevenson on FanDuel. Yeah, he's for me. And this is this is where you know we're moving back into the the stars and scrubs discussion. He's in that price range for me. That's just really hard to get to because I'm, I'm spending so little on so many players. He's listed at sixty two hundred on Fanduel. On Fanduel, and that's like that weird mid price for me that I can't I can't if I start putting those guys in my lineup, I'll end up with like eight grand left by the time I you know <laughs> by the time I set everything. I'm like, well, what what, what I, do I do with this? I yet? have to pivot off somebody, and so he would end up being that guy. But yeah, I mean, he his usage has has gone through the roof without um victor oladipo there so there is a healthy downside that comes with them and we look at even his past game against the timberwolves he only had 12 points yes he had a 31 and a 42 point game mixed in there but then there's a 15 and a 16 one too so i I recognize that given a 6200 price tag stevenson might not be the way to go i just have some faith that the this defense that we're seeing from the Bucks or lack thereof right. is going to continue and somebody's going to be scoring there. And Darren Collison's going to come to mind right away too. And I also think that maybe we're going to see a little bit more of Lance Stevenson scoring as well. Yeah, I, I can definitely see, I can definitely see playing Stevenson. He's got, he's got plenty of upside. There's no doubt about that. If we're talking about a late night slate, I think this is going to be interesting to watch as far as injuries to note. Warriors, Mavs, 8.30 Eastern time tip-off. Draymond Green, questionable. Zaza Pachulia, questionable with an illness. Andre Iguodala, questionable with a knee injury. We have Omar Caspi, probable with a bruised rib. These are some high-profile names. Again, if we're talking late night tournament slate, that could be an impact. It sounds like Green tweaked his ankle on somebody's foot in practice Tuesday. To me, tweaking an ankle doesn't sound like a big deal, but this is against a Mavs team that isn't all that good, and right. the Warriors are pretty good, and they have aspirations of doing well. We just had uh, Steph Curry come back. Kevin Durant still getting instead of run as the guy for the Warriors. Maybe they choose to rest Green, and they don't have I mean, we're seeing the emergence of Jordan Bell too. Mm-hmm. This could be a situation where Bell ends up just all right. You go ahead, young guy. We'll see what you got out of you. Yeah, I I have Bell in my lineup right now. Same here. And yeah, I mean, I I just think like even even if all those guys play, I still think Bell's is is a solid option um, because he. Yeah, Zaza's been back for a while. It doesn't matter. Bell, Bell. I mean, he scored 30 fantasy points. He played 18 minutes most recently. The time before that, he played 19 minutes. Still got 25 fantasy points. And he's probably still got 5,200, so he's very affordable. He has plenty of upside. Um, I think that's the thing, that he might be one of the safest, also highest upside players available. Yeah. Because right now, given when we're doing this podcast, we don't know the direction the Warriors will go. But if bell gets more lineups i mean like good god what could you expect from him because he's already doing this within just 18 to 20 minutes right right and so if he ends up getting if this ends up being a blowout and he plays 25 30 minutes uh, he could you know he could be end up being in the in the winning lineup you know per se he's got that much upside and you know i'm i could see you going durant at small forward i think that's a very valid option like with with other people out and durant's another guy who can put up ridiculous stats and like even if he only gets 28 minutes or something like that but I looked at it and I was thinking, well, if I go Durant at, you know, 10,500, I could just drop down to Jimmy Butler against Brooklyn at 9,500. And I feel like I would have the same upside because Butler's handling the ball a lot with Jeff Teague out. So if I would go anyone in the Warriors, to me, um, it's Jordan Bell. 
and the Mavericks are at least the last five games are about middle of the pack in terms of long points, to the power forward spot. Now, whether he plays power forward, I think remains to be seen because that depends in large part on if Draymond Green is out, if Saza Pachulia is out. A lot of those points have been coming from the steals and blocks category. And I'll be honest, I don't watch enough Warriors games to know whether Bell is a big influence in that regards. We know he can score and I think he'll be not an offensive juggernaut for that team, but I think he's working into that rotation as being a pivotal part. Again, it remains to be seen, though, if he does, in fact, add into that steals and blocks category, though. Right, and steals and blocks are kind of a... That's a dangerous a thing shoot. to bank on. Yes, exactly. So right. I, I recognize that, and I think a lot of people that are listening to this podcast will also be like, yeah, okay, I get it. He probably can't depend on that, but that's where a lot of those points are coming from. On the on the Mavs side of things, we know Nerland's well had his cast removed on his thumb, but he's still not ready to play. Seth Curry remains without a timetable. Moving over to the Pelicans, Jazz, 9 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We talked a lot about their Marcus Cousins. Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert is the reason because he's sidelined for another two weeks with that knee injury. So if we're targeting that, it's because he's out, right? I mean, that that's the only yeah. way we're going that direction is because he's out. Yeah, if Go- if Gobert was in, I would I would not. You know, I would not be playing Cousins or Davis. I I just generally don't like playing um, when the opponent is the Jazz. It's just like you mentioned, it's too slow paced. I I just don't think there's enough stats to go around most of the time. At least we don't have the Grizzlies also on this 12 game slate because (laughs) normally it's the Jazz and Grizzlies. And you're like, all right, toss your arms in the air because good luck guessing how this is going to go game script wise, pace wise. I, the Grizzlies have been a bit more higher, uh, high, high paced, higher paced than I would have ex- anticipated entering the season. And the Jazz with Donovan Mitchell, who, if we're looking at the overall slate, is an interesting shooting guard option as far as the seven, eight K range. They've gotten to be more high scoring because of that. But again, Donovan Mitchell, you're looking at other guys, Demar Derozan being one of them. Do you want to just pay that, or do you want to go up a little bit higher for talking about a high priced shooting guard option? Um, I I think. Mitchell's price to me has gotten I don't want to say out of control because that's that's ridiculous right but he's at 7800 so you want 38 39 40 fantasy points from him which he has struggled to hit recently I mean he hit 50 against Cleveland in the most recent game but before that you know he was he's got a couple 20s in there and I don't anticipate this game being fast-paced no. I just it, it it just doesn't feel like the spot for me for Mitchell. I mean, it's not like the Pelicans. You don't think of them as far as a juggernaut in terms of sh- stopping the shooting guard spot, but they're about middle of pack in terms of allowed to uh, fan to points allowed to this shooting guard spot overall. The reason you're not going, and I'm saying not as I'm talking to you, the listeners, but also you, Alex, you're not going to go the shooting guard route for Donovan Mitchell is because there's a 78 priced or 7,800 price shooting guard option that is much better. Hello, Devin Booker. I'm glad you're yeah. back. We haven't seen you in a little while. Last time we were talking podcast, you were still injured. Hey, you're back. And oh, by the way, you're going against the Nuggets. Right. <laughs> so slot me into your lineup. He becomes, to me, the easiest priced or the easiest player that I want to have in my lineup. I mean, best matchup. He's come back and there hasn't been really been much of an issue. He's getting already 40, 40 to 50 Fanduel points, it feels like, in most of his games played. Nuggets, of course, struggle defensively at a lot of different spots, much like the Nets. But yeah, I want Devin Booker in my lineup. I'm not going any other direction than uh, than that at the shooting guard spot. Yeah, I'm, I, I would strongly consider that. My only, the only like thing that would make me pump the brakes on that is it's a back to back, and they're in Denver, so they're flying f- they're flying from Phoenix up the altitude to Denver on a back to back, and he just played 41 minutes. Um, 
that the 34, sense. 32, 26, <laughs> 32. Those are the last four games Booker has played and last four scores that he has put together. I can't stay away from that. No, I don't. I can't. I don't care if he's traveling over to China. I still want to have him <laughs> in my lineup to play. And that's fair because, I mean, if, if he was priced at like 8,500, I would be like much more, I, I'd be much more conservative. But at 7,800, you don't even need him to get 40 fantasy points for him to hit, you know, five times value. Right. So, you know, even if he has a quote unquote off game and drops 26 four and four you're going to be fine um but yeah i don't care if it's a late game slate i don't <laughs> care if it's a 12 game slate you're looking at here i think that devin booker has to be a guy that you consider at least oh, consider definitely. putting in your lineups if not outright just slotting him in there he was one of the first guys that i put in there i was looking at the sun's nuggets nine o'clock eastern time matchup give me a lot of devin booker at 7800 i like that price tag moving over to the last game on wednesday's 12 game slate the thunder lakers 10 30 eastern time tip off a lot of interesting names to note here but if you're doing a lineup like we are sitting beforehand good luck guessing who of the lakers will be out we have andre roberson who will be out for the thunder side of things that's houston's maybe started on sunday 19 minutes but alex abreen's going to be getting maybe those two I, i'm not going any of those directions no if you wanted to pay down and again a late game slate that's interesting and i say that kind of with a question mark interesting I, I don't want to do that but you could probably twist my arm into doing it but on the Lakers side of things we have kuzma who's questionable with a quad injury he only played 18 minutes monday and it seems likely that well i don't want to say likely that might be looking too much into things i don't think he's going to play with right a quad injury. that wouldn't surprise me right that, that's probably the better way of putting it. that <laughs> wouldn't surprise me not likely but that wouldn't surprise me lonzo ball however he returned to practice after missing the last five games with the, the shoulder injury, he's questionable. Tyler Ennis and Josh Hart have kind of emerged in his absence. And Brooke Lopez also returned to practice on Tuesday. Questionable with the ankle injury, but he's ahead of schedule in terms of that. Do you feel like Lonzo Ball, Lopez, Kuzma, like any read or sense of what you want to do with that? That one's that one's really difficult Good, for me. I'm, glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I could see playing Ball because uh, he has been shooting better as of late and you know hit but his price isn't isn't amazing for me like it doesn't jump off the page or something that i feel like i would have to do um i don't think the matchup is particularly strong for him you know russell westbrook isn't like a known you know defensive stopper or anything like that but i could see i could see playing ingram if uh if kuzma ends up being out um taking a flyer on julius randall although randall's minutes are you may as well just pull a number out of a hat sometimes <laughs> um but the problem is then so even if you want to play ingram he's got paul george on him and that's not something that i would you know we talked about lighting our money on fire that i wouldn't bank <laughs> on brandon ingram having a above average game against paul george so Nothing I think for the Lakers it, stands is, out for me. This is one of those things that if you're setting a late game lineup, you'll have more information than we're doing right now on this right. podcast, and you'll be able to make a bit more of an accurate assessment. As of right now, I don't feel confident doing anything, but it's an intriguing thing to me to do a late game lineup tonight because there is this lack of information right now. And of course, we have a guy like Devin Booker, who I, again, I feel is an automatic start that you could kind of plug and play, and there's still some higher priced options. So I, I, I kind of a wait and see. I, I might put together a late lineup, and I could tweet out some things later on as, as we get closer to that. But as of right now, with the lack of information that we have, I don't feel confident in any sort of assertion or direction as far as that matchup goes. Right. We'll touch on the Rotoware Optimizer lineup real quickly here, and then we'll get to our lineup, though. We've already been foreshadowing a lot of it, much to like Ben and I like to do already. <laughs> so, Alex, you fit in right really well with that in, in terms of that. Um, 
Russell Westbrook against the Lakers, 12,300. Dante Murray against the 76ers, 3,500. Those are the two point guard options. The order optimized lineup. Devin Booker, who we love quite a bit, and Andrew Wiggins against the Nets at 5,800. Two shooting guard options against for the order optimized lineup. Kyle Anderson, I like him a lot at 4,900 as a small forward option. And the eternal optimizer lover, Josh Jackson, 3,600 against the Nuggets are your two small forward options. Carl Anthony Towns, 6,200. Taj Gibson, 6,000, your two power forward options. For the Royal Optimizer Lamp and the Carl Anthony Towns rounding out the Rotoware Optimizer Lamp at 9,800. It's not stars and scrubs, but it kind of is stars and scrubs for this. And I think it kind of goes back to your point that you have a lot of different options to go with when setting your lamp tonight. Yeah. Um, it, it, it ended up being stars and stars and scrubs with kind of DeJounte Murray and, and um, Kyle Anderson being in there and, and Josh Jackson, Josh Jackson, <laughs> who I, you know, no I, would, I no yeah, necessarily, I think it, I think our optimizer loves is like steel upside. I love um, something. It's been in there every single time we've done a, this podcast. It's a, it's a fast paced game. He has high upside for steals. Like it, you know, theoretically it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, we have Taj Gibson and cat, which you talked about before and Wiggins in there talked about before, possibly a Minnesota stack against Brooklyn. Yep. Um, you know, the optimizer recognizes that as being, um, as making sense. Um, overall, I, I did like this lineup when, you know, I clicked the optimizer button. I saw this, I was like, Oh, okay. Like other than Josh Jackson, I was <laughs> like, I kind of X that out and I was like, what we got now? And, but I, I do like this lineup. I think it has a lot of upside. Like, I think that's the main thing. I do too. And it actually was a good framework for how I did my lineup. And I'll go through mine first, given that we've touched on a lot of these people already. So I have Dante Murray in there against the 76ers. Again, 3,500 opens up a lot of different doors as far as what you want to do in, the, in your lineup. And if you want to even go further, you have a guy like Brandon Paul at shooting guard who could open some floors too. And I don't mind that. In fact, I could go that direction because currently I have Chris Milton in there. And my other point guard first is Darren Collison against the bucks they have a lot a lot of scoring to a lot of different spots so i feel okay about that Mm -hmm. um devin booker i talked about him quite a bit as far as i love him he'll always be in my lamp at 7800 i think i think if i want to go a different direction get a different high price guy in there you can go a different center route you can go a different power forward route but chris milton right now 7300 he's the direction i wanted to go i wanted to have derozan in there couldn't fit it all in so that's the price point that i went with instead Mm -hmm. i don't feel great about he's probably like my least favorite of my lineup plays so far Carl, or Kyle Anderson at 4,900 at the small forward spot. I already went with LeBron James, talked about him quite a bit, 11,500 as my highest price guy. Dario Sark, 7,000 at power forward, and Jordan Bell, 5,200 at power forward. Like both of those guys, enough where I feel okay. If I were to go with the Brandon Paul route shooting guard, I probably would pay up at a power forward. And that would open the door for maybe a Ben Simmons. I don't want to go Anthony Davis, maybe Chris Depps Porzingis as a bit of a tournament play that. I expect to be low ownership given everything else that's available. Right. So that that's the only other direction I go. And then Bismack Biombo, I like him at the center spot. I don't see myself pivoting anywhere else. So that's my lineup for this slate. And again, we'll be tweeting out maybe some late game stuff going on, but I don't think I'm going to be touching this lineup. Maybe that's in part because I'm with a newcomer here, Alex. Right. I want to make you have to tweet too much while you're on the clock, but also because I think, you know, that's, Ben, ben had that on lockdown for the most part. <laughs> he was on top of things way more than I am. So I'll let that stay as it is. And that's this is kind of lineup I plan on going with for tonight. Yeah, I mean, I'm um, my my lineup is pretty different than yours overall. It's, it's subject to change as always. I mean, I've been known <laughs> yes. to literally change top bottom to you know top to bottom my lineup. Um, I went Chris Paul against the Magic. I felt like that's just a good spot with Harden out um, under 10k too. And under that's what 10K. we talked about the podcast. I was surprised. 
under 10K given what we know he is and what he means with Harden out. That's surprising overall. Right, and I could see going Westbrook there um, just for, for pure upside against the Lakers. Um, but then I went to Jante Murray against, uh, you know, with the Spurs because everybody's out and he you know he has he has almost 10 times value upside um i went Dwayne wig against the celtics 4900 he's just been hovering around there and it, it hitting near value almost every game it feels like to me that was like relatively safe um kind of the safe play in my tournament lineup um then i went brandon paul's my other shooting guard just going for the high upside there jimmy butler against the nets uh, i felt that that was good he's got you know he could get 50 55 fantasy points which lebron at 11,000 uh 11 some odd thousand 11,500 11, is likely to get the same is, thing you're right could equally yeah he could get the same thing so i felt like paying down for there made sense that's two thousand dollars savings for potentially the same price tag yeah in a tournament play i felt like that that would work out or it made sense to me at least um kyle anderson uh that's another spur situation I also went Jorgen Bell. Um, I figured his he has a relatively high floor and could be blowout potential. I went Taj Gibson um, against the Nets, who the optimizer also liked. But Dario Saric, you know, paying an extra one thousand for Dario Saric could work out equally as well. Um, and then I went to Marcus Cousins at center, which if I change anything, it would probably be that you've talked me out of it a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I trust no. your opinion more than mine. I, no, it's very okay. Um, because I mean, you're right. It is going to be slow paced and, you know, playing DeMarcus Cousins is contrarian and there is a possibility he gets 50 fantasy points and then mm. it's like, well, you may as well have just played Biombo for 6,700 or something. So, um, the problem is, you know, if I switch to Marcus Cousins out of there, the, the entire rest of my line right. is going to be completely different because I'd be cutting my price in half for that. But, um, yeah, that that's where I end up going with it's it's pretty stars and scrubs, and I think no matter what it ends up being at the end of the day, whatever news comes out, whatever you know, I, I whatever in my mind changes constantly, um, that'll still end up being stars and scrubs. Maybe it's my last dig that I can do since Ben's not here, and I know he'll be returning pretty soon, or at least in the next Monday podcast. But there's rare times where I we read off these lamps, and I'm like, I feel good about this one, and I feel good about that one. I like both of our lamps, and we did kind of different, but also similar things. So it's a rare opportunity where I can say kudos to both of us and pat ourselves on the back. Because I, I even with Demarcus Cousins. I think your lineup is on point. And again, I like the Jimmy Butler play as opposed to LeBron, given they could have similar outputs and yet you're getting a $2,000 savings. It's a matter of where you want to go with the direction. And this feels like a good tournament lineup in the sense that cousins probably will have a bit of a low ownership, but he has high potential upside. I don't feel great about the Dwayne Wade play, but I recognize that there is a floor that comes with Wade and going against the Celtics again, I think it'll be a primetime matchup and it'll have a playoff feel. And if that's the case, I expect Dwayne Wade to play like a playoff Dwayne Wade. Right. And at 5,000, that's not bad for playoff Dwayne Wade. So I get the direction going there. And I I think I I like it a little bit more than Chris Milton at 7,300. So, you know, we went with the different directions on both our lineups. And I think actually they're both kind of doing pretty well. So, rare time i feel this way that's a shout out to ben that he just does such a bad job or i do such a bad job being mr 250 setting our lineups but i feel good about that and that rounds out wednesday's 11 or 12 game slate i should say we'll be back again monday with ben hopefully or alex of course to doing well with this filling in for us in the most part well, thank you um we love the fact we're on fanduel and we're doing this i think we talked a lot of strategy already with how fanduel puts together the lineup the fact that we have this opportunity is great and of course you can get a free six month royal wire subscription wow i came to say something subscription but you can get a free one one of those if you uh put your first deposit on fanduel go to fanduel.com slash rw and that will get you that free six month royal wire subscription of course it's void where prohibited we'll be get back again monday talking more nba dfs that does it for us uh see you later bye
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.